Hey everyone, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Trisha Mishich, and she is the founder of Your Favorite Dresses, which is an online dress rental company. Um, Trisha is known for her bold hair and perfect lip, and uh, also knowing a thing or two about dresses, I will say. So welcome, Trisha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're able to make it. <laughs> so we will jump right into how you came to where you are today, and let's start off with where you were born. Uh, Toronto, Ontario. Amazing. So you've been born and raised here. Born and raised. Yeah. Cool. And uh, like what area of Toronto? Um, it. I would say like the Riverdale area. Okay. Yeah. Your, your whole life or did you move anywhere? I moved uh, to Scarborough for a, for most of the end of my high school uh, years, but my whole family is based out of Cabbage Town. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so did you do like sort of your typical elementary, high school, college type of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I graduated from, uh, high school in Scarborough. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, went straight out of, uh, out of there into, uh, college for makeup. Oh, nice. So, um, quickly just to rewind, what kind of, uh, like what kind of kid were you when you were like younger? <laughs> oh, funny enough. I think I'd found some, uh, old report cards. <laughs> when I was cleaning out everything and uh apparently when I was a kid we'd say like maybe kindergarten years um I wasn't a sharer (laughs) (laughs) but I totally share now (laughs) I mean my whole business is about sharing so it's kind of odd yeah it's very ironic but uh yeah when I was a kid I, I I guess I was a loner because I I was an only child for about 10 years and then my sister came along Oh, that's right. I, that's right. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had siblings or not. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, you have a sister that's 10 years younger than you. Yeah. Is it just the two of you guys? Just the two of us. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting dynamic because you literally become you. Like, I feel like if, if you're the oldest and you have a younger sibling that's like two or three years younger than you, mm-hmm. that you don't really know any different. Mm-hmm. But 10 years is a different. Big difference. Like, like yeah. I was pretty much an only child. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd play with my dolls by myself. I, you know, it was just like, did not expect it. And then I played with her as a doll. Uh, <laughs> pretty much after that amazing what was your reaction when your parents told you that you're going to be a sister were you excited I think or? I was excited yeah yeah I got to name her oh she, did you she, really she loves that what's her name Jennifer uh, <laughs> such a typical way to, way to roll the dice right? on <laughs> no but when you're a kid I'm sure I'm sure if you had something that your parents were like no way they would have been like hey you don't get to name her right I didn't get to name her Raven or something like I didn't yeah, choose yeah. some weird off name it was very you know very common that <laughs> like, you know what though that's cute though and uh, like I remember being a kid and I'm like ooh, I lo-, like you hear different names and you're like I love this name I'm gonna name my child that and like yeah. obviously you're a kid so you have no idea until you grow yeah, up and exactly. realize you know I think it was a name that I I obviously had friends or people in class mm-hmm. that had that name and it was a really popular name back then so I just yeah nice. just came up with that one and so then she became your live doll and yep, you dressed her up. Yeah, my live doll and I dressed her up. I sat her around all of my Cabbage Patch dolls. <laughs> She'd Amazing. be in the middle and I'd put my Cabbage Patch dolls around her and I played dress up with her. 
That's too funny. I love that. Yeah. And then uh, going into high school, did you have any idea what you wanted to do? Like, did you kind of lean a specific way into high school? Like in high school, I was very much into the arts. Um, So like I call myself the Jill of all trades because I've, I've done like art, draw, like painting, sketching. Uh, I used to sing. I used to do ghost singing. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And just to clarify what that is, that's like singing where it's at, like it's for like a track or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I was class- more classically trained, so okay, cool. I like more operatic Nice. But, yeah. So awesome. I've got a, I've got a few different uh, different things. But in high school, I um, I gravitated in the end towards graphic design, and thought that's what I would do when I left when I graduated. That I'd go into college and you know do graphic design and learn about that. And at, and at that time, sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah. At that time, I feel like the graphic design. Not to say that you're like this old person but yeah, I just know yeah, that yeah. you're like in your 30s right yeah okay so I, I can imagine though at that time it was like wh- like I, I don't even think that I knew that you could have a career in that like do you know what yeah, I mean it was just it was, very narrow was, at the time it was new definitely newer it was so new that it wasn't even called graphic design I think they'd called it something like desktop publishing oh my God. yeah it wasn't even and I remember they only had one year of it so I took it both years oh just because I I enjoyed it so much and like you know back then computers weren't so upgraded mm-hmm. as they are now and and social media wasn't around so yeah it was uh and did you like it for the artistic portion of it I did yeah Definitely did because um, I remember, like, because I was also a sketcher, I I could sketch out what I wanted to do. Like, we did these workshops where we would uh, design CD covers. (laughs) So I was like, "That's cool." Madonna was my favorite, so I'd be doing all these Madonna, you know, graphic designs on CDs, and yeah. And and if I looked at it now, which I have, because I found my old portfolio. No way. It was like wow. What a difference from what you can do now till from back then. To then. Yeah. yeah. But it's impressive because there was not really very many resources. So mm. if you still were able to get the point across, then Mm-mm. pretty skilled. How old were you or what year was it when you were doing that? Oh. Or when you did like, that, I should say. Like late 90s. Okay. Yeah. Just to give us yeah. all context, because yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think. So it was like Microsoft. It was like Windows 97 mm-hmm. era then, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I and we, yeah, it wasn't uh, Apple at all. No, right? everything no. was yeah PC. That was during the like his hiatus. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. like Apple before. Then yeah, it was Windows, Windows, Windows. Exactly, at that time, and then, yeah. exactly. So even trying to do something on the computer, it was really frustrating because you you wanted it to move a certain way but it, like what are you doing yeah. yeah and then html came along and i taught myself that oh my god i want to throw up here right yeah now. i know i know <laughs> and that was even more like difficult so like, i want this over here and it's not going over there how do i make this happen yeah it was the very beginning of it it, it wasn't definitely what you see is what you get yeah now. yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're like super skilled in like technically, I almost want to say as well. Yeah. 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 I would say, I would say both. 
but definitely in the beginning, like I didn't, I didn't end up doing that. I, I graduated from high school and I don't even know what happened when I switched because I was going to go straight into doing graphic design. And had you got into a college or university for that program? I was going to George Brown. Oh, and then I just, and then I ended up in makeup. Okay, yeah, so tell me about that. So you applied to George Brown, you got accepted. Did yeah, you, like, yeah, sign up I, for your semester and pay yeah, and everything? I think what happened was I I didn't enjoy the first, like, week I was there, so I I opted out. Oh, and okay. then I And then I went to, into a private college, which was a lot more money than yeah. going to, you know, George Brown at the time. But didn't you find it to be more... Like, you actually are using what you're learning. Like, it's way more practical. I yeah. Think. I mean, you know, instead of going to to university, anything that's college-related, it's more hands-on. So if I ended up in either, it would have still been okay. But, like, I was never, I was never, like, book savvy and, mm-hmm. and sitting and listening to lectures. I couldn't, there's no way I could have handled going into university as much as I would have loved to go onto a campus and say, I'm here. And you know, this is where you, you, everybody was meant to be. I just did not go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ended up in a makeup college and right next to Ryerson. So I was like, well, I'm kind of here living the experience, sort of, sort yeah. of but not really. Yeah. And did you go for like beauty or was it everything like special it's, effects? Yeah, and... it was everything. So you What college was it? Uh at that time it was called the School of Makeup Art. Okay. I'm I was thinking there was another one Complexions I think, right? Isn't Complexions that... was the other one. Okay. Yeah, I think they were both around at the same time. I don't know if either of them exist anymore, but yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it was um a diploma for makeup uh, and then uh, special effects as well. So I got to learn both. Nice. Yeah. And what did you? What was your favorite? Um, I liked the special effects, but I didn't get into it. I mean, it was pretty. It was. It was difficult to get into that in under the actra and everything. It, at that time, it was kind of like you had to volunteer for a lot of things, still like which that. is still like that today. <laughs> and it's. Pretty much the saying is, you don't get in until someone dies. Like, yeah. Right? So um, I just wanted to be more hands-on and doing things, and I ended up more gravitating more towards the fashion end of it. So I was, you know, I was doing more runway things than going into the film part mm-hmm. of it. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so you do that. Like, so you graduate from college, and it was your first, or sorry, graduate from high school. It was your mm-hmm. first year out. Mm-hmm. You're in a makeup program. How mm-hmm. many years was that? It was one year. Oh, okay. Amazing. And so then you graduated, and now you have a diploma, and you're good. Straight, straight out. And, yep. th- and then what? <laughs> then what did you do after? And then I was, instead of volunteering in film, I was volunteering in fashion. <laughs> I know. It's so yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But I ended up doing a lot of uh, uh, freelance work so I'd go from like like uh counter to counter basically um Bobby Brown Makeup Forever those kind of counters going into Holtz and wherever wherever I could I ended up I think at the end at um back in that in the day when they had Club Monaco cosmetics oh my god I didn't even know that yeah yeah (laughs) I'm just learning this right now. Yeah, and I think that was the end of end of it for me. Once I got behind a counter and I was there for a while and I wasn't moving, I I I couldn't 
take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't that kind of a seller. I, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to sell to girls when they didn't need everything. And in, in that industry, you know, in, behind a counter in a department store, it's very much about your units, mm-hmm. how much you're, you know, pushing. And I just did not want to be that person. I'd get young girls coming to the counter and I'd be like, you don't need foundation. Your skin is flawless. (laughs) All you need is like lipstick and maybe some mascara and have fun. Go. Yeah. Off you go. Right. (laughs) But yeah. And I was known for a feather touch. So if I was going to do a smoky eye, it wouldn't look very bold and, you know, like paint by number. It was very like I blended everything. Nice. Yeah. So a soft, natural. It was a soft, yeah. It was much more of the soft and natural. Yeah. Cool. So how many years did you do that for? Mm. Oh, God. I don't know. Maybe four, three or four. Okay. So you're like 22, 23-ish at yeah. the, this point? Yeah. And then what? Partying a lot. So yeah. Was everyone, like, everyone is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay, that makes sense. And so you're kind of just like, yeah. And, and then were you... When, at what point did you feel like, okay, I need to do something else? Did you ever, did you know sort of what it was? Did you know you wanted to be in fashion or did you like, was it just not this? Do you know what I mean? It was definitely not that. I knew I was very creative and I didn't want to be in a corporate environment. And I just knew it had to be something where I could be creative. So I guess I'd I'd left, I'd left that job and then I ended up, um, mm, let me see, where did I go from there? Uh, visual merchandising and display. Oh, oh, that's right. And how did you make that jump? Did you just kind of, okay, tell me. I don't even know. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. It's just like everything transitioned. Yeah. And I don't even, I honestly don't even know how I, I must have known somebody in the industry that said, oh, well, if you're looking for a job, here's this or that. And I ended up, you know, I ended up working for Sears and it was like a long time. I worked for them for, for years doing that. And I'd go from store to store. Were you in a specific department? Um, it was more the contemporary brands. So I was doing but it jumped like sometimes I was doing contemporary brands and then then there were like smaller stores where I'd be doing everything from like home decor okay display like doing all the displays and then um and then after that I how many years did you do that for maybe another four four years nice maybe yeah and did you feel fulfilled from that or um for a little while I did, but you know, as I was working in that area, I think um, that might have been around the time where I started having uh, entrepreneurial, uh, you know, ideas or and dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little and, blips of like, hmm. yeah, and I and then I started um, creating jewelry on the side and that's where my HTML thing came into because at that time I was working on a website to sell all of my jewelry online yeah and I was making it like all by hand and it was um, vintage pieces so I'd go I at that time I loved going Valley Village shopping 
and Goodwill shopping. And I was like scouring always to find pieces. And what I'd do is I'd break up the vintage pieces and then reconstruct them with new, like semi-precious stones or whatever I could find. And I ended up like making these scarf necklaces that I called the Parisian scarf necklace. So I'd, I'd source out vintage silk scarves and then cut them and fasten them with like new stones or vintage pieces oh cool and then you could wear it like as a belt or long necklace or the the reason why i called it the parisian scarf necklace is like you could tie it up into a bow with the yeah with the scarf part that's so cool and so you started building a website oh my gosh and this is pre like wix drag and drop or like shopify obviously so you were like where did you even begin or or did you kind of just say to yourself like i know how to do this like i'm just gonna make a website well, I had the vision and I, and I was like, I sketched it all out. So back then it's like, you, not exactly, no Shopify, no Wix, nothing like that. So I was ske- literally sketching every page of what this, each site, uh, each link was going to look like. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. And how it kind of turned out the way I wanted it to for, for back then. But, um, you know, eventually there were bigger and better things to use. Yeah, and by that time I was out of <laughs> doing jewelry, <laughs> but uh, I went to uh, you know trade shows like one of a kind show that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's it's good though that you tried all these things because then you know what doesn't work for you, right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure probably you're interested in jewelry, but then maybe it's like, do you want to be like hand making it anymore? Maybe not, or maybe you get into a ha- like a hobby. Uh, phase later that that comes back into your life or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know? I think a lot of people you know have so many things that they're good at mm-hmm. um but our attention span is is short so mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. you don't want to be doing that one thing forever you know if, if I look at my like people like my dad and that generation they had jobs for like 20 45 40 years <laughs> right and and now it's like well now when I look at my resume as each year got further along I was like two years three years but I did have some jobs where I'd stayed for like one job that I had stayed for seven years. Which one was that? That was, um, I worked for a wholesale wholesaler and I was a regional merchandiser. Oh, okay. So, so that came after. That came after. So when, while you're visual, visually merchandising, yeah. you're doing jewelry as well. Yeah. Then you stopped doing your jewelry and you continued with visual merchandising and then did it, did it just sort of mold into what you just mentioned? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I went into... And what's the difference, sorry, what's the difference between both So jobs? visual merchandising is uh, you're dressing the mannequins, you're, you're, you're making displays out of um, like window displays or, uh, you know, in the departments where they'd have uh, kind of like if you look at H&M now and all the windows, window mm-hmm. displays and any of the mannequins, that's, that's all visual. So, but then, but what's the difference between that role between... And- Merchandising is you are moving all of the uh, clothing around and like presenting it in a color story and a, and a theme. And then also you might be doing the mannequins or like bus Okay, and- so you're more responsible for like the bird's eye vision type yeah, of deal. Yeah, and, okay. and for what I was doing, I was working with a wholesaler, so I'd be going across the GTA in department stores, mainly in department stores and some small boutiques. So I was basically like 
checking all of their inventory. So you're checking that they have all the inventory and then making sure it's presentable. Right, in all the stores that carry out. What was the wholesaler? Yeah. Uh, it Slavin Agency. And they, at that time, they did uh, Max Dex, Inwear, Persico. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like contemporary. Big, um, big brands contemporary. back then, especially. Yeah, <laughs> contemporary brands. Um, they were fun, like jeans and. Yeah. Yeah. Streetwear, Street essentially. Wear. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Except for Max. Max was, yeah, Max was more Max less. was a little bit more conservative, but that was that was my biggest brand was Max, so I was kind of being paid by both. Oh cool. Um, Max and uh, Slavin and then uh, and then Liz Claiborne bought Max out. Oh. And then I got laid off. Oh my god. Oh anytime there's a big buyout, it's like people end up getting laid yeah. off. It's so unfortunate. Yeah. And in the fashion industry, it's it, it it's I've seen it happen so many times yeah like I was laid off probably two or three times oh my from gosh. each job as I went through them it's crazy yeah but kind of I guess a blessing right because then what did you do after um so at that point in my life it was it was kind of a, a rough patch because I was with um my high school sweetheart for um. like 13 12 12 13 years and you know when you have those like those three things that happen in life that kind of just change, change your whole cycle. Well, that, that was it for me. So that seven year job I'd gotten laid off. Uh, I broke up with that 13 year relationship. Wow. And then my grandmother passed away oh. who was like my, more like my mother to me. Oh. So it was kind of a, I was a mess and didn't know what to what to do from there wow that's that's a heavy like trifecta what made you after 13 years what made you turn around just be like no this isn't for me anymore um it took not gonna lie it took like probably three years for me to get to a happy place again I was pretty miserable oh my like I continued it and it it didn't happen all at once obviously it happened within like a year mm-hmm. to, to within a year to two year span the the I think maybe the breakup first then the layoff and then my grandmother so oh it kind gosh. of like happened in intervals and I think I was still yeah it must have been that way because I was still working when I was uh when I broke up with the with the accent it was like I was miserable going to work I couldn't even I couldn't even function I was with somebody for so long like yeah what made you just turn around and say that this isn't for me anymore um well you don't have to you don't have to go too deep yeah I'm like I'm, I'm just trying to think what what did I I I ended up um it actually it ended up if I I have to like backtrack a bit because um, while I was still working, I I had the idea for the dress rental business. Oh, okay. So I was with a, a, a well a coworker at that time, and she was you know at a kiosk in the Eaton Center getting hair extensions, like trying out hair, and she was getting ready to go to an event. And she was like going through her itinerary, what she needed to bring. Okay, I need, I need, you know, I need to get my hair done and makeup, all of this, right? And then she was saying, okay, um, 
then she gets to the dress. She's like, well, I need to go to Holtz and buy, buy the dress and then return it. And then she said, well, wouldn't it be great if I could just loan that dress? And it was literally a light bulb moment. Like both of us looked at each other and was like, what did you just say? <laughs> and, and I didn't act on it then, but it was a moment. I think that was the aha moment. It kind of sat there afterwards. And then, and then all of these three terrible things happened. And I had to figure out what I was going to do with my, my life. It was, I was, you know, going into a different direction. And I ended up meeting a, 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 a friend who's like now one of my closest friends. I, I room, I, she was my roommate after the breakup. She was the person who like saw me through everything uh, after that and kind of picked me, picked my Brought spirits back, back up. Almost, yeah. yeah. And she was the one who was like, well, there's all these kind of courses you can do. Um, EI provides all these kind of, uh, you know, courses if you're on EI. I'm like, oh, okay. So Which she, is so cool. I never knew that. And I never would have known if it wasn't for her telling me. Like right. they don't, it's either they don't do a good job at advertising it or they're purposely not advertising it. Exactly. But I mean, EI, you can really only get it if you've been laid off. So it's not like people are going to just quit and then try and get EI and then these courses. Exactly. So and it's and weird. it's one of those things where if you're on EI, you can, you can, ha- I think up to like five years after the fact of being on EI, oh, that's you still have an amount of time to go in and apply for these. So that's what I did. I, I applied for this, uh, this program, which was kind of, it's not was like a grant. It was like you you were paid to go to school, and it was for businesses. So I had to come up with a business, and then that's when it all came and you're like to fruition. Like how, that couple. Of, so how many years prior um, from the idea um, conception to like thinking about what you have to do now? How many, how much time passed? I think that might have been maybe two years oh wow okay so it was it was a while like I didn't you know I loved my job working Mm -hmm. for the wholesaler that I just didn't think it was like oh it's a great job but I still have my jewelry on the side I was always doing something on the side Mm -hmm. so I just didn't think you know I would be I would be needing it so it just went into the back of my mind Mm-hmm. But then when that happened, I'm like, okay, the universe is speaking to me. There is a huge energy that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I started listening, you know, all of these things. And then that's how I just, I'm like, well, I, I don't even remember how I, you know, I think me and my friend were trying to come up with ideas. And then I had mentioned that story and she's like, well, maybe you should. You this know. is the new, this is the friend who's like roommate and everything, right? Not yeah. your original colleague that was like, I wish I could just return it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Or sorry, rent it. Yeah. Okay. So you're, okay, so so you've been laid off and all these, this trifecta of unfortunateness has mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. but it's like closed doors and then open doors yeah. afterwards. Um, okay. And then about a two year t- um, time span. So then now you're with, or you're getting EI and you've now signed up for these courses and mm-hmm. it's like business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then what, what was that like? Like how many, how much time between taking these classes to like actually opening your business started? Uh, so it was a year program and, uh, in order for you to even, you know, you'd apply and they'd have to, you'd, you'd, you'd talk in front of a panel 
and you might get in, you might not. So they have to see that your business was a viable business. And at that time, I didn't have any competition. Renting wasn't really a, an idea. It's still not <laughs> very super popular. Like, no. it's. It, I mean, it is now that the sharing economy and the environment is so much more of an importance that, you know, now everything is starting to be recycled and, mm-hmm. and, and being shared. So, yeah, it, back then it was very difficult. So strange. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like talking another language. So when I went into that panel and described everything, like I'd come up with the I had to do a mini mini business business plan. So it was like a mini description of the business. And th- they provided you with like a template to tell them, "Okay, so this is the points that, you know, you're going to tell us." And obviously I didn't have, you know, financial plans at that point. I didn't I just, it was so brand new, but they believed it was a viable business and I got into the program. For six months, they taught us how to, uh, well, we'd walk out with a full business plan. Wow. Of everything, like the financials, the description, your company profile, who is going to be in that company profile with you. Did you go in with a partner at all or was it just you? Just me. It was just you, right? Just me. And then just also too for people listening, um, do you know if that was like a Canada-wide program or is that for Ontario only? I wonder. I I believe that was a provincial. I don't. I don't know. I can't tell you for 100% yeah, okay. if it was. Probably hopefully it was if it, across Canada. If anything, I, I bet that probably in each individual province has like their own version of yeah. it or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so then, okay, so then they basically set you up well. They did. With... Yep, yep. And it was, it was still kind of like being on EI, right? So you'd still, you were still collecting. Oh, that's literally <laughs> yeah. the perfect yeah, setup. Yeah, it, it very much was. And then, you know, you were provided a mentor. Each person was provided a mentor. And uh, after the six months, uh, they sent you out on your own. Wow. Yeah. So Were you scared? Um, no, I wasn't scared. I was actually, I was really excited because I felt like I finally found what I really enjoyed doing. I was extremely passionate about it and I was doing everything I could from guerrilla marketing to you, you name it. I was pounding the streets back then. And then I was even defying my, um, my mentor at the time, you know, she's like, you're going to go out, don't get a store. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the last thing you you need to do. I'm like, but I don't I don't get it. Why? How? Like, I need to have a some kind of a storefront or store to showcase my my pieces. Like, I it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I went against her rules and <laughs> got a got store, a store. <laughs> on Young and Wellesley. Uh, it was above another store. Nice. <laughs> and it was it was great like I loved it um you know we my dad uh, and my and one of my family members helped me like renovate the place and I had bought and I went to antique stores and bought antique furniture and set it up really nice uh and then it just kind of went downhill from I stayed in there for a year just till the end of the year but uh bad business decisions uh bad landlord what were some of the bad business decisions i had brought someone in uh to kind of not just to pay for the rent but also to be there 
when I wasn't there, uh, but they had their own business as mm. well. Did you know about the other business? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like they were, they their business kind of coincided with mine. They were consignment. Okay. So we kind of just, <clears throat> excuse me, worked together. And, but then it was just a really bad uh, business decision with that person. So, so would, would you say it was more of like a person thing versus like having somebody else with another business? Or like, I just, I'm curious, what would you have maybe done differently if you were going to do it again, just with that, in, um, in terms of that specific aspect? It was definitely both, like the person and just not having, um, if you have a vision for your business, you need to stick to it. Don't have anybody else telling you, like, the opinions of other people will change the direction of the way you want to go. Yeah. And, and, and it's huge. Like, you need to keep all of that to you and be strong and go forward. So for me, when that person came in, it just changed the outlook of my business completely. And it, it wasn't me. I had, you know, I had his customers in there mm. and my customers. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't a good fit. Okay. It wasn't a good fit. And I would just suggest for anybody who is looking to do their own business to just really focus on, on your business. And not, yeah, that's it. Interesting. So you had that store for about a year and then closed it down mm-hmm. yeah and went fully online right I didn't go online right away I um, I packed it up and brought it to my condo and I had a showroom inside my my condo okay nice. yeah so I had like a, a den area that was just dedicated to to that nice. and and it actually worked out better than being in the store and that's when I realized I didn't need a store Mm-hmm. And then my mentor was, was right. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Damn, she's listening. I think her name was Sally Wilkie. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to you, Sally. Um, I know sometimes it's like you get all excited, right? And you're like, yeah, you just, we, we want a storefront and a this and a that. And you're like, but wait. You're so just full gung-ho. of energy and gung-ho to do it all yourself. And you don't want to listen to people. And yeah. Right? It's hard, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I could give people advice after everything that I've been through, but in the end, you're still going to have to go through those things. You have to, to learn come yourself. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. You're going to have to make the mistakes, right? Yeah. My biggest thing too is that I feel that if I take somebody's advice, like, like someone could advise me to do something, but... It, my question to myself is always like, okay, well, they told me that that's hard, but like, what is hard to them? Because mm-hmm. maybe the, what's hard to you is not hard to me. Exactly. So it's like, I almost don't, tr- not that I don't trust, but it's like, I don't know what your level, like mm-hmm. where your like baseline is. Totally. So I just want to do it anyway. And then I'll, I'll really be able to see like, Hey, is it hard or is it just a lot of work? Cause that's different to me. Yeah. Like a lot of work I can do. You just got to schedule it properly and do it hard is like you physically cannot do it or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, so that's interesting. Okay. And then, so you brought it to your condo and, uh, and then when did you go online with it? And so, okay. So at this point, sorry, just to mm-hmm. go back to our timeline, how, how many years ago is this or how old are you when all this is happening? I don't remember age. <laughs> okay, so just tell me how many years, years ago. I just want to know from now and to back then. Uh, 2010. 
Okay, so like roughly nine years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So your that was when you closed. That's the year that you closed. No, your store. that was when I I probably had the business at that point, and then a year after that, so 2011, 12. Okay. Yeah. So not that far long ago. Yeah. Exactly. And I think after that, I kind of I I I regrouped for a little bit because it was like a big. Uh, you know, you feel like a failure, right? Yeah. It's it's a huge, it's a huge thing when like, you're met, you're like you put yourself out there. Entrepreneurs, you know, they're the toughest people. I could say they're the toughest people I know. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 go full force at what they believe in, and regardless of the outcome, mm-hmm. right? But if you fail. You got to keep. All on you. It's all on you, but you still have to pick yourself back up, and keep going. And yeah. and I eventually, I eventually did that. I'm like, I don't want to lose what I've got going here. So, I'm. I don't care how long it takes me to get back to a point where I'm, you know, financially okay, and and I know the plan of the business, and I know what I want to do, and it's all me, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I got back to that point. So good, yeah. So and and then okay. So you had how long were you doing it out of your condo for? Um, a few years. I I didn't launch my new website until 2017. So that's oh, pretty so recent. only two years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was doing it. I still had a website with Wix, um, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't like generating a lot of traffic but now once I put uh once I changed switched over to Shopify yeah difference it's a huge difference like plus my roommate was really SEO savvy so oh you know and I was just and and I'll tell you I have not spent a lot of money on advertising for my website which I know I I need to like that's my next steps is doing all of that but I've I've been found online just by SEO. Wow. Yeah. That's such a skill. Such a skill. Yeah. SEO. Also, not not to mention, like, in Toronto especially, you're one of, I would say, three, like, main rental companies. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are some smaller ones that we don't mm-hmm. know about. But, yeah. like, otherwise, there aren't that many. Which And, it, it, like you mentioned earlier, it's kind of great for you because the culture has changed around rentals. Yeah. But, like, not really very many new stores have popped up no. doing it. So no. it's just, like, bigger market share for you. It's a hard business. Uh, there's a lot of operations involved. And if you're not organized it 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 will it will eat you alive yeah it is a very um operational business and i have ocd so it's perfect perfect. (laughs) everything has a timeline yeah (laughs) right and that's exactly what you know renting is like i have to keep track of all the inventory when it's being shipped out when it's coming back and not not to mention now I facilitate fittings I go for like I'll do private fittings I go to people beautiful yeah so it's it's a bit of online and personal and now with you know Instagram and social media it's so much easier to connect with with all of my customers yeah which in the beginning I was so hesitant to do but a lot of my friends and anybody in that social realm were like, okay, now you have to do yeah, this. Yeah, no like, choice. This is, you don't have a choice, Trisha. You're going to have to. Oh, and you're also going to have to create a personal profile and divulge like your whole personal shit. I'm like, oh, <laughs> great. Okay, excellent. Okay. <laughs> so shedding everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it's amazing how much of a difference it makes when 
people can see the person behind the business. It's huge. Because it's almost just like this mystery black hole and there's nobody ever saying like, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll, it'll be like, talk soon mm-hmm. from the XYZ team. And you're like, but who is the XYZ team? Like, that what is your name? That corporate company way up in the sky. That's, yeah. that's who's talking to you, right? It's it's so weird. And I can't tell you even personally, like I get, I get a lot of companies and brands that reach out to me on Instagram mm-hmm. and I almost won't even look twice at the message if it's from like the XYZ right. team because right. I almost think it's spam. Yeah. I just don't even trust it anymore. Yeah. And then it, as soon as I see like David or I don't know from whatever company, I'm like, okay, David, I'll read your message. Like I'm yeah, just yeah, way yeah. more like it's immediately more personable and more um, like, I don't know, just human, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like as a consumer, I'm willing to give it more of a shot. So it's smart that you're doing that. But that's the beauty of social media now, right? You can mm-hmm. totally connect with people and it separates you from cor- the corporate. Like the corporate doesn't have anything on the smaller businesses mm-hmm. for that very reason. Yeah. No matter how much they try to look like they're, you know, social on there, it's still very curated to their company yeah and you know it's not like you're gonna see the ceo unless it's like richard branson on there go you know in their story saying hey here i am Mm -hmm. right but even that it's a great uh reference like virgin everybody knows virgin Mm -hmm. everything but then everyone also knows richard branson and like Mm -hmm. it just makes so much more of a better case yep uh you know like nobody knows who like i don't like can you name the person who started google because i can't i know and it's like different like you view the two brands differently yeah, I, mean, I yeah. do anyway so yeah anyway interesting um stuff yeah. but no that's good and so um yeah what do you have planned sort of for like this year and next year with your business oh yeah I mean I I'm now I'm going to move towards uh, a showroom setting um but right now I've been working out of uh, an office that's um a, a, like a community for women Um, so you can go in there like it's it's a monthly gig and I think it's I just started I just started with them like a month ago and they are just expanding it's called make lemonade and I think that that is the way that a lot of women entrepreneurs are going to succeed is by helping each other and and then it becomes a word of mouth that way right and it's like a workspace right it's a workspace and then they have areas where you can rent out the rooms so for me it's like i don't need to have that showroom all the time seven days a week exactly. yeah i have people who want fittings i can book the rooms yeah and bring what and like narrow it down yeah to what they need and and back in like the day when I was working in sales I said oh I skipped that like I've done so many things I don't <laughs> even remember anymore but I used to work for Hugo Boss that was like the last job that I worked nice. for and um and and with them they're the saying was uh if you're gonna you're gonna do a fitting with somebody, always present them with three items, mm-hmm. like no more than three. Three is a magic number. Yeah, three three styles and outfits. So, I mean, I don't have to bring the whole world with me, yeah. you know. And it's a perfect environment. People will see you coming in with the dresses. So it's like it's like yeah, it's like natural marketing at its, its finest totally. and networking because there's how many other women there and it's easy networking. Like I found. Uh, I did so much networking 
in the past for my business and it was it, it was like gut-wrenching yeah because you're going to these events you're paying you're maybe they're free maybe they're not um, and then you're standing there with a group of other people who are all trying to you know pitch their business and that's all it is there's no genuine yeah you know and and I'm such a genuine kind person like I couldn't deal with half of these people. Yeah. It was too, they people were too rigid. corporate. Like they yeah. were coming from corporate environments and I guess wanting to do different things, but their corporate mentality was still there. So it was very much, hi, I'm so-and-so and what do you do? Yeah. Oh, and this is what I do. They just like, you know, there's like no uh, foreplay. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. like right into it. Or a lot of times those uh, networking events too, they, they, they really just send like sales employees there so and not mm, to say that like you know, I didn't know that yeah so Ugh. you think that it's all entrepreneurs because that's how it's positioned Ugh. but it's not like I, I used to go to a lot of those too for previous stuff that I did mm-hmm. and I had businesses and stuff before and it would be like sales rep from TD sales mm-hmm, rep from Dodge mm-hmm. sales rep from this other place and it was like none of you are entrepreneurs yeah <laughs> at exactly. all so it's like great like if I need to buy a car like okay I, I know you now but like dude I have a a cousin and a mm-hmm. f- brother and a, like seven other people that I'll probably go to before you. Right. Um, you know, who like works in a car dealership, for example. But then the other thing is like, what do you, not that what do you have to offer me, but like I love to trade like uh, ed- education and like tips. So it's like, so okay so you went to the car dealership you gave in your resume then you got the job like yeah but I started a business from the ground up like we don't really have the same things to talk about exactly so I can I can see where you're coming from it's a very sort of like uh saturated Mm -hmm. environment and like they're all sort of positioned as like oh come meet with like-minded entrepreneurs when it's like no yeah I didn't even think about that but you know entrepreneurs that that is exactly what they do they share it's it's you don't get anywhere by Which sharing. is so ironic because that was the first thing that you didn't do as a child. I know, right? <laughs> full like a full circle. circle. Full, full <laughs> circle. Oh, I just think I had an epiphany moment. <laughs> Honestly, I did for you, I think, too. I'm like, damn. <laughs> that's awesome. So good. That is so funny. Yeah, but that's it. You have to share. You have to share your knowledge. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, what are, what, what are you here for in exactly. this world? Exactly. Really. And yeah, and it's so funny that my whole business is based around sharing. Yeah. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. But this, like, to go back to the, the community that I've started going to, when I went to this thing called their mixers, uh, it was exactly that. It was a networking environment but totally different. So it's all women, one. So it's a little bit more safe, you know, than I I feel Mm -hmm. safer. I don't feel like I'm being, like, talked at Mm -hmm. when it's, you know, a mix of men and women. Not to say that they're all bad, but that was, you know, Mm -hmm. the way I took it. But in this setting, uh, say there's, like, 20, 20 people there, and they start by you introduce yourself. So it's kind of just like a big circle. And you, you know, you, you take notes or if you have a good memory, you remember who did what. And what they did was uh, you, you, you have an ask and a give. Nice. And by the end, you, you've heard 20 people. Then you go in mm-hmm. to, 
to mixing with everybody. Yeah. Oh, so I, you, know you need you this. Want to talk to, yeah. Yeah. And oh, you, you need this. Like, you know, it could be something as small as I, I need recipes for, you know, a carrot cake <laughs> and, and, and you can like, oh, does anybody know of a good copywriter? So on and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it seemed more fluid yeah. than just going to it a hard networking, you know, it, it kind of blew, brought you into it a little bit better. Amazing. Yeah. Good. We will include uh, them in the notes as well. Yeah, for sure. yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's a great, you know, resource. again, it's a resource and, and sharing. That's that's the important part of it all. Amazing. Um, okay, so I wanted to quickly talk about your uh, favorite footwear, uh, <laughs> your sneakers. So tell me about them and why you love them. Uh, so it's, I'm, it's sad. I have probably two pairs of running shoes <laughs> because remember, I am in a sharing economy and I'm trying to like save the environment. So I don't try to own too many things, but Very responsible. I do love Pumas and Adidas. And I think the two, and that's all I have. I've given away a lot of my Pumas, but my, uh, my Adidas are my like staples. Your go-to. Yeah. Go-to. I, those are my get shit done sneakers. They're black, black knit with like white trim. Nice. Yeah. Getting shit done is always good. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one piece of advice, you've given a lot of pieces of advice, which is I appreciate. It's great. Um, but one like main piece of advice for somebody walking a similar path to you. Just be open to anything that comes your way. Like, and, and listen, ha- like listen to your intuition. Amazing. Like, really dive into it. Yeah. I think as you get older too, it's like you're less questioning it. And you're like, nope, my gut said this. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, that's it for this episode. And uh, guys, uh, all of you listening, you can follow uh, Trisha on Instagram at your favorite dresses. So no underscores, no uh, periods, but it's spelt, uh, favorite is spelt the Canadian way. So it's F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E. I don't know why we include <laughs> random U's that don't make any sense in sp- specific words, but that's the case. So yeah, it's at your favorite dresses. Um, and then of course you can follow the podcast as well at coming up in my sneakers and we will chat next Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for listening and don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers.